With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. AP News, I'm Jackie Quinn. Investigators in Washington, D.C. are looking for a motive in a ramming attack today outside the U.S. Capitol. A Capitol policeman was killed, identified as Billy Evans, one of two officers struck by the suspect's vehicle. He showed up at work today to protect the Capitol to protect the people working at the Capitol. Uh, we, we are deeply saddened. Congressman Tim Ryan chairs a committee responsible for providing security and says today's attack brought back the horror of January 6th. This rips the scab off and and continues to provide a level of uh, you know uncertainty. Police don't have a motive. The suspect is dead. In the Minneapolis police trial, a homicide commander in Minneapolis condemns the restraint of George Floyd. Lieutenant Richard Zimmerman, in his testimony in the trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin, says Chauvin should not have pinned George Floyd to the ground with his knee on the back of his neck. If your knee is on a person's neck, that can kill him. Floyd, who was black, died in custody. That person is handcuffed, you know, and they, um, um, the, the threat level is just not there. Audio of the trial was provided by Court TV. I'm Jennifer King. Major League Baseball is pulling the All-Star Game in July out of Atlanta to protest the new Georgia voter restriction law. Florida Congressman Matt Gates is under federal investigation. Two people familiar with the matter tell the AP federal prosecutors are looking into whether Gates and an indicted Florida political ally may have paid or offered gifts to underage girls in exchange for sex. The investigation is also examining whether Gates had sex with a 17-year-old and other underage girls and violated federal sex trafficking laws. Tim McGuire, Washington. A strong jobs report for March. 916,000 jobs added. This is AP News. Talk 102.3 FM Riverside. Thank you, America, for making us radio's number one, number one, number one format for eight years. Talk 102.3 FM, Riverside. KCAA, the station that leaves no listener behind. Oh, my.
Bye. Yo, what it is and what it do, you are officially tuned in to the Revolution Radio Show on 102.3 FM KCAA in the Inland Empire, worldwide on the NBC Radio Network and on iHeartRadio. As always, I am your host, I'm your boy Jay Love, and I'm always joined by two incredibly amazing young ladies. Uh, <laughs> Miss Cherie Marlene, how you doing today? Hey everybody, happy Friday. I'm doing amazing. Thank you. And Miss Melion, how you feeling? Happy Good Friday. I feel good. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. It is April the 2nd. It is Good Friday. We're going to get into that in a minute. But I can't believe that we're in, like, this year is going by so ridiculously quick. You know what I mean? Like, 2021, like, we're already in April. Can you, like, isn't that crazy? Like, I'm just, it feels crazy. Or am I the only one? Like, yeah, like, Easter's this Sunday. What? What? Do you guys have like plans? I, I will be working, so that is my plan. What about you, man? What about you guys? Is that, is that considered a holiday pay, double pay, pay and a half? No. In my world, you only get paid if you produce. <laughs> well, uh, I'm probably going to be stealing, uh, stealing Easter eggs from kids and then throwing it at their parents and be like, this is blasphemy. I'll probably be doing something like that. I just don't like that day with all the kids or stealing the kids chocolates and like here you don't need this <laughs> you know it's it's uh yeah, no it's it's absolutely funny like this this uh this week this whole weekend well you know obviously Monday started Holy Week right and we're going to kind of get into what this the significance of Good Friday is Easter you know all of that or whatever um but it's just I keep thinking like how absolutely different it feels today as it did last year at this time, mm -hmm. right? Like we've cycled an entire year where it was like, we were on house arrest, right? We were on house arrest. Nobody knew what was going on. It was the apocalypse. People were getting ready to, to live in the walking dead. Um, you Do you know, remember all the toilet paper fights and everything? Yes, like you couldn't find, to like toilet paper was literally like water. Like it's insane. Like, and I can someone explain to me because no one's ever explained. Do you guys know why? To, like, why toilet paper? Like, I just honestly, feel like when people freak out, they just go for the essentials, <laughs> and water and apparently wiping are very important. But yeah. when have you ever ran out of toilet paper? Though I don't understand that. Like in my entire life, like when has there know. been a, like a, is there something that I missed? Did I miss something that there was a year where there was no toilet paper? I don't know. I would have grabbed snacks before toilet paper. Like, I need snacks. <laughs> the world's ending. Oh, well, if I poop in my pants or I got some stains or something. Oh, my. Like, <laughs> toilet paper is the last thing. I mean, luckily, we could all jump in the shower, right? So hey, that's, that's nature's bidet, you know? That's just, it's just a bidet. That's all the shower is. It's a bidet. My mom said they use leaves in Vietnam. Like, all right, we got some nice things <laughs> around our house, like. Man, people were literally like getting into fights, threatening each other for toilet paper. I just remember how crazy it was. There were videos that went viral of people like fighting and, and it was just crazy. So, yeah. And I mean, it, it was just like, I remember for that first, I would say month and a half, if I'm, if, if I remember correctly, that like you would go to the, the grocery store and it would just be eerie 
because there would be certain aisles is just empty. Yeah, that's the word I was going to describe it, eerie. The streets was eerie, like driving felt weird, you know, coming outside. You had to have a, what, what were you, you had to be considered an essential worker. Supposedly some cops would stop you if you weren't like an essential worker. You had to be inside. It was crazy. I remember the uh, the Las Vegas Boulevard, the whole strip was completely empty. So families mm-hmm. started taking their kids on bike rides up and down because it was just empty. So that's kind of cool. But eerie is the right word. It seemed like the world had ended and this to is see- a part of a movie scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. To see this empty is, is scary, eerie. to see Completely. The it's never, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then even like I, I just felt like did nobody ever wash their hands before the pandemic? Cause like the way people went crazy on like soap and cleaning supply. I'm like, did none of y'all wash? I like were y'all a bunch of dirty people? You know, did, like didn't it make you think about people's habits that all of a sudden people started worrying about? You should cover your cough normally. Well, yes. I think I think people um, were just buying more than they usually buy, right? Because due to COVID, they were unsure when shipping would come out and who knows, right? So I think they were just overindulging in everything. That's what I think. And they're buying. It, it was just definitely, it, it. the year was crazy. And then we had over the summer, we had all of the protests over the summer. We had um, a crazy election cycle that went on. You guys um, remember the little phase of the bees coming out, like the killer bees? Oh, the bees for mm-hmm. yeah. It, like it, it seemed like everything that could be weird and wrong at the same time happened in 2020, right? Someone was saying it was like another level of Jumanji. Like, and <laughs> it's 20- like okay, who just who opened up the game of Jumanji? Right. Close it up. Finish the game, please. Well, I feel like it started when Kobe passed away. Like that's when the year was just like. You know what? That's... You might be right because that set off the rest of it on a on a like a downward tone, Man. and it just felt what? like it was at one point. It just felt like this is never gonna end. And then you know we started this year, and even the beginning of the year started a little bit crazy. We had the Capitol riots, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, somebody, I, somebody put on um, fa- one of the social media I, platforms. They said, uh, "See what happens when Kobe left us; everything fell apart." <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's man. true. I yeah, still no. believe Kobe's like some randomly throughout the day. I was like, "Wow, Kobe's gone!" Like, you know, yeah. we grew up watching him, so it, it's a trip to me. Well, so. and and even like you got you guys know that uh, you know. Shout out to uh, the city of Las Vegas at the end of the month. Just a quick announcement: we're going to be actually broadcasting live from Vegas all week long at the end of the month. Uh, you know, but it's you know, I one of the things I wanted to do when we go to Vegas is one of those helicopter rides, right? And folks were like, "No, because of Kobe," and I'm like. But the, the, what you have to understand is the reason the Kobe thing was so tragic and so crazy is because Kobe did that for 20 years. Like the reason it was a big deal is because you never hear of helicopter crap. Like it's safer, statistically speaking, to be in a helicopter than it is in a car. Like every time you get in a car, there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to be in an accident. That's not the same That's case. With- huh? Yeah. So every what's time- crazy is for Noah's 15th birthday... I took him on a helicopter ride and then shortly after was Kobe's death. So I was like, oh, if I would have seen that, if that would have happened before his birthday, there's no way I would have because it's in my head now. So I understand it's still safe, but it was in my brain. And I think I'd be like, no, so, we're not so doing will you that. never ride a helicopter again? Julie? I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was very cool. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had. So I don't know. We go at the end of April as a squad. 
Yeah, we might have to I mean, do it, Sheree. We might have to do it, Sheree. Oh, Just my. saying. Wait, I have you, a question. Have Have either of you guys gone a uh, bungee? Uh, not bungee jumping. Um, airplane. Never. Plane. Uh, no, Sky I want diving? to. Sky diving. Uh, that's that's on my that's on my list. Uh, I, part of the reason why I'm glad I'm losing weight because there's a weight requirement. Um, I'm actually I finally hit it, um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Congratulations! Hopefully, by the time we get to Vegas, it, I'll be a lot. Uh, you know, I will have uh, since I left the hospital. Let's see, I left the, uh, the I went into the hospital. Uh, whatever, I'm gonna say it. I don't care because we're you know I'm doing my weight loss challenge right now, so I'm gonna keep it 100. Okay. I went into the hospital at two two sixty nine, right? Uh, just this week, I hit my low of two thirty seven. So that's almost good thirty pounds, you. right? Almost thirty. Yeah, good the for goal. you. Like a goal. Uh, I want to get down to about two two ten. I, I like being thick. Like I don't want to, you know. I, I still want to be able to, you know, if I need to. You know what I'm saying? If, if you know, if I absolutely have to, I want to be able to. For still... those who can't see, he's he's doing some kind of karate move, or something. <laughs> some kind of some kind of smack you where you yeah. are. Don't come near me, move for you, yeah. kind of. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I I don't know karate, but I know karate, and okay. uh, but I want to get down to about 200, 210, right in there. Like two hundred would be cool. 210, 210, I won't be mad at, but 200, I'll look chiseled. So, you know, that's when I'm letting y'all know in advance. I've already told everybody. So I'm going to let y'all know on the radio. If you see me, if I hit my goal, first of all, number one, is going to be a problem to have me keep a shirt on because oh un underneath this two liter bottle, there is an eight pack. If I mess around and find that at this age, if I find that thing, Oh, it's going to be problems. It's going to oh. be problems. I'm going to find not only you have a shirt off, but I'm at baby oiled up. Just That's just... why the Lord's not going to let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was be... going to say, I hope, I mean, if it does happen, I'm just prayers to uh, Betty. <laughs> I'm so, be, and if I am wearing a Betty. shirt, I'm pulling out. I already bought a whole bunch of baby shirts. You know what I mean? Like them little schmediums, the little real super tight baby shirts. I already got oh, them sitting God. in the closet waiting. Oh. So... I'm I will be in church with no shirt on with a bow tie talking about look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, if we did something like that, what would the church say? I mean, they gotta set everybody. What are they gonna say? This I'm giving thanks to the Lord. I'm saying thank you, Jesus. Then look at do you see this? Do you <laughs> see this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that being said, James, do you really want to tempt the other ladies with what they're looking at? Hey, that, that's between them and God. They need to work that oh, out. I'm, I can't be held responsible for the awesomeness that the Lord has done in my life. So, got it. Yada dig. So, uh, yeah. It. So, I'm I'm letting everybody know. Don't let if I hit my goal, it's gonna be problems. I'm gonna. In be the meantime, while you still got your shirt on, that's a dope little, you know. Jeans. Thank you. I, I sported it today for Good Friday. This is a J Love original. Uh, it's gonna be a part of my line. Uh, you know, let me see if I can move the camera a little bit. You can really see this is a, a depiction of the Last Supper, um, a more ethnic Last Supper than you might be used to, but this is more biblical. Just FYI. So, uh, but, you know, my line is going to be called uh, Just Love Couture. Um, and so, you know, and, and the, the, our little tagline is, if you're going to wear anything, just put on love. Uh, 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 yeah, so. You got a launch date yet? Uh, no, I'm, I'm still trying to work that out with a uh, hundred other things that I'm doing, but I'd like to do it uh, by, my goal is by uh, next year at Mad the Magic Convention in Vegas. 
uh, for those of y'all don't know, the biggest uh, fashion convention in the United States every year is held in Vegas twice a year. Uh, normally it's held in August and in February, but obviously because of the events of this last year and a half or so, uh, I don't know if in August it'll happen. So probably by next year, 2022, it'll be popping again. And so every line on the face of the earth from Gucci and Louie all the way down to the dude with just two t-shirts, everybody who has anything to do with fashion is there. Shout out to Sheree Marlene and J.O. and Old School Reach Magazine TV because we did. Right, we need to really go cool. back again. Yeah, sure so did. so that's so many goal. cool interviews. But uh, I definitely I wore this shirt today in honor of Good Friday. Since we're so, oh, let me get my my situation. I don't yeah. know what's going on in my chair. All right, so uh, so today we are celebrating. Everybody is celebrating, and so we just you know wanted to you know we we actually might go to church today because uh, you know. There's literally close to 2.4 billion people around the world right now that are celebrating this thing called Good Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get into that, what the meaning of it is, what it, what it, what it signifies. Uh, we're going to talk about Easter, you know, uh, the Easter weekend, uh, you know, different traditions, cultures, what is real, what is not, all that kind of stuff. So what we're going to do is we're going to play this uh, Kirk Franklin song to get it, you know, because we're going to take them to church real quick and then we're going to take them to church. So uh, this is the Revolution Radio Show on 102.3 FM KCAA. How y'all doing? Welcome. Let's go.
Kirk Franklin with with uh, it's actually called Love Theory, but you know I don't want to let nobody but you. You know you're listening to the Revolution Radio Show on one hundred two point three FM, uh, and so today is Good Friday. And what is Good Friday, man? Good Friday is the day that traditionally, like I said, it's close to two point four million people around the world celebrate the day that uh, Christ uh, actually was crucified. Uh, for the, you know, the belief in, in Christianity for, you know, because I'm assuming some people don't know, is that uh, Christ was crucified on our behalf uh, for our redemption, for the redemption of our sins. And so uh, that happened uh, on Friday and it kicks off, well, actually Monday kicked off Holy Week, but uh, the Easter weekend, right? Because Sunday we're celebrating Easter. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, Good Friday is arguably the second most important date in the entire Christian faith, uh, because it's really uh, at the end of the day, it is the, the whole merit of the Christian faith, right, is the sacrifice of Christ on that day on the cross and, and only eclipsed by Sunday being Easter, uh, because were it not for the resurrection, uh, almost the, the crucifixion would almost be void, right? Because the resurrection is what kind of sealed everything and and gave us the keys to eternal life, right? According to the Christian faith, and so uh, a lot of people celebrate uh, around the world by fasting, right? They they celebrate by you know there's a lot of different celebrations that people do. Uh, people do uh, repentance, like especially um, in other countries, like people do uh, uh, pen penance, right? Did I say it correctly? Yeah, penance. Um, some, you know, cause some people really get like, there's uh, certain parts of like Latin America where people will literally walk on their knees for miles on end to do penance for their sin. Uh, some people get into meditation. Uh, some I haven't heard of penance. What's that? Penance is like, well, uh, and it's, you see it more amongst Catholics where Catholics will do, uh, physical forms of, I guess you could say punishing themselves for their sins, right? Take it is almost counter to what Good Friday is about because it's about Jesus paid the price for us, right? But mm -hmm. within a, a lot of Catholic sects, what the sects, S E C T S, uh, they do a thing called penance, where, like, uh, for example, I had an uncle, he was a part of a group in the Catholic Church uh, that in Spanish is called the Penitentes, right? Which is basically the ones that pay penance. And they would, uh, there's a pilgrimage in, I'm, you know, I'm originally from New Mexico. And there's mm -hmm. a, a, a little chapel in a small little village in New Mexico called Chimayo. And people will literally walk 
for miles, some people 50 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles to this little chapel, uh, you know, to, you know, basically make penance for their sins. Right. But along the way, there's people who actually whip themselves. Right. With palm branches, they'll, they'll, they'll whip themselves the whole way. Um, that's their way of, of that's their way of, of trying to earn repentance. Right. Or, or prove that they're, they're being repentive. Uh, there's other people, mm-hmm. like I said, that literally will make that journey on their knees. Uh, they will walk that entire, you know, journey on their knees. Um, they there's uh, like I said, the group that my uncle was a part of, they actually would reenact the uh, the crucifixion. And they would they would I mean, obviously not kill someone, but they would they would crucify someone and they would, you know, whip them. And, you know, so it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of really. So you're it's saying really, they, would, they would crucify as far as they would torture the same, but not kill anyone. Right. Right. Correct. They wouldn't kill anyone, but they would to a degree like they would get whipped. Right. They would get whipped. They would have to carry this giant cross, which is, you know, painful. It puts pressure on your back. Um, so, yeah, I've you know, heard of people doing that still. Yeah. Carrying the it, cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's really, you know, and and so the good news is, is this and, and like because there's ext- obviously anytime you have any type of a belief system, there's extremes. Right. Any anything that you from right. from, you know, romance and love to politics to obviously religion there's people who will take extremes right Mm -hmm. but even the reason why it's named good friday is because the premise of the faith is the premise of the belief is that because god in 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 of himself is perfect and we fall so short of that Mm -hmm. mark that's why jesus came Mm-hmm. To because we don't have the ability within ourselves to to hit the mark, right? To hit the mark, like you can't earn it. So mm-hmm. he came and sacrificed his life so that we wouldn't have to do all of these drastic things in the Old Testament, right? Um, they would have uh, they would have a time where they would come and pay do sacrifices. They would pay for you know they would sacrifice like a dove or a different animal to show you know uh, penance for their sins, but. Um, Jesus became the one sacrifice for all time, right? And so that's why oftentimes it's it's difficult to watch those other things because it's like, ooh, because you know it's already hard enough. I mean, how many times in our own life, especially people who have who have tried to walk in faith, like you, like man, I don't measure up. Like I'm so not, <laughs> I'm so not a good Christian, right? And if you had to do all that stuff on top of, you know what I mean? Like imagine. Like is is like a free, so, free. so. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I'm just I was saying, just gonna say, do you think we're funny? You please go first. Oh no! All I was gonna say is that <laughs> I'm so glad that that's not what is required of us by God, because I, per, me personally, don't have it within me. I don't measure up. So I feel like we were kind of going in the same, I feel like you gave the answer to what I was going to say, kind of, but I agreed. I agree with you. And do you think that people do all of these extras because they're living in a place of maybe guilt that they're not freed from? So they feel like no matter what they do, they're not worthy to be loved without all of the steps. Yeah, I think, I think it has to do with oftentimes, you know, and, and people mean well, but we've been taught, We've been taught our faith wrong. We've been taught tradition and religion and not truly what the faith is. Um, and and people meaning well, 
like really uh-huh. meaning well, wanting to draw closer to God because they've been taught the dogma of religion and tradition. They go to these great lengths because within the faith, there is freedom. In religion, there's right. bondage, captivity, shame, guilt, all of that. But in the faith, there is freedom, and that's where they missed it. Right. Do you feel like, though, for people that are religious or have a religious mindset with rules and um, traditional things, that they feel like the people that are completely faith-based or have that freedom in Christ, that that can get a little bit dangerous because it's that mindset of whatever I do is going to be forgiven, so let me just act the way I want to act because Jesus loves me? Oh, no, absolutely. You know, I, I think that there's a there's a, a danger in just being like, oh, I'm free. Oh, you, like you said, I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. And even the Bible talks about, you know, understanding that your freedom comes with responsibility. It's not free for the sake of like, right. yo, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, ah, I'm a wild out. It's freedom understanding that, um, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible, right, that says that all things are permissible, yet not all beneficial. And basically what that means right. is that, you know, even though, yes, it's true that God is not going to turn, he, he's, his love for you is eternal. He's not going to turn his face from you, right? Because mm-hmm. you did a certain sin or sins, plural. But mm-hmm. it's not beneficial for you to live that way because there's just laws in nature, right? That obviously mm-hmm. God put in place, but there's laws in nature that whether you believe in God or not, uh, that you, you'll have to deal with, with consequences. So okay. some people call it, you reap what you sow. Others call it karma. Others call it what goes around comes around. But, you know, for example, if you, say, become a drug addict, right, mm-hmm. just to use an extreme example, you don't have to believe in God, but there's things that you will deal with that come with being a drug addict that are destructive to your life. Mm-hmm. And, right. and the key is understanding that because God's word is relevant, it makes it's not like God never intended it for it to be like, I want to just give you a bunch of rules so that your life is whack and your life sucks and you don't have no fun and you can't do nothing. It was like, you know, and you're a parent, Cherie, right? Like I put rules in front of you, not because I'm trying to stop you, but because I'm trying to protect you from things Mm -hmm. that I know in advance are going to be detrimental to you. Now, the amazing things like having like having anger inside of us, right? Or keeping anger inside of us and not forgiving others, like simple things like that. Like we have the choice. But the Bible says to forgive. The Bible says to, you know, release that anger, give it to God. You know what I mean? So, like, these are our choices that we can. We could stay mad at people. We could stay not forgiving them. But God wants, and that's the best thing about God. He gives us free will. He gives us free choice. But is that the best thing for us to, to stay mad, to not forgive people? So it's the Bible helps us in that sense. Like you were saying, like, you, we have that choice, but he gives us the best option. He wants the best for us. This is our dad. This is our pops, you know? It's like you're saying as a mom, as a parent, yeah. you want this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. And I think that uh, Jaylof said something super key, which is God's permissive will, right? Versus his perfect will. We all want to walk in his perfect will because that's the best thing for us. So to your point, like being a parent, you want your kids to follow certain guidelines and rules because you want to keep them in that perfect will, right? But God's permissive will is, okay, do what you want to do, but reap your own consequences. In the process, I didn't stop loving you. You just chose to go down a road that I didn't agree to go down there with you, but I'm still here, right? So Mm. I think... That's that's along the lines of what's being said, right? No, absolutely. And I mean, just think about it in your own life. I mean, I can think about several times in my personal life that I can look back now and not only laugh and giggle, but be like, okay, I see you, God. I see you. I see you, you know, because for all intents and purposes, even though I didn't make a decision uh, till a little bit later, but like I grew up in church. My mother was a Bible study teacher, right? But I wanted nothing to do with God. And I remember I would, like, we would go to youth group and I remember uh, my mom, like we would go there to say that we went, but then we would leave, right? And then, you know, mm-hmm. every time she'd be like, well, what did they talk about? I'd be like, Jesus, right? She'd Where'd be like, well, Where'd you guys go? You, you know, like a girl's house or whatever. We just do you go. really want to know, Melian? This I, is before I Jesus days. You know do you ever live on I that do now? not recall. I can't be helped. Right. The way your memory is set up. Yeah, the way oh, my memory like, is set up. <laughs> but, you know, but I actually wanted to know from both of you guys, like, you know, whether you grew up, you kind of answered my question, in a Christian household. And, and then the other second part of the question is, when was it that you realized, you know what, Jesus is the real deal. Like, I love him. I'm giving my life to him kind of thing. Doesn't mean we're perfect. But when was, was there like a moment that both of you guys realized, like, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm team Jesus. Absolutely. I'll let Sheree go first, though, because mine's just stupid. <laughs> so I feel like um, a lot of our circumstances as a child um, dictate right choices that we make. Right. And so for me, I had a very unstable upbringing and there was a lot of things happening. I saw a lot as a very young kid. So I, being the only, I have a heart to do the right thing, I was grasping to look, I was looking for something to hold on to, to direct me the right way. It was a need that I had. So I actually gave my life to God um, at a harvest crusade at nine years old. Oh, wow. um, I went out. Yep. I went down to the, um, to the field. And I remember telling my mom, like, I feel like I'm, I, I want to cry. And she's like, you should. And I just couldn't like, I just, I, my own, like, I didn't want people looking at me. Who knows what I was thinking, but um, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord at nine years old. And then I remember they gave me the little, you know, new believers Bible. And I was just completely into it. And I feel like God has always been with me, but it was that moment that I felt probably the most connected and I just continued on from there. Now I had moments obviously where straight away made, you know, choices that probably were not the best choices, but for the most part, I would honestly say like, that was my, my B that's been my, he has been my BFF since age nine, for sure. That's, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. Yeah. For me, it was different. Um, like I said, my mother was a Bible study leader, but I hated God because my stepfather was a cocaine addict and an alcoholic. He was abusive. Uh, I grew up around a lot of dysfunction. I mean, he, uh, my stepfather introduced me to my first hooker when I was 10 years old. Um, you know, when I was young, like I literally, I just, I wanted to be a pimp. I wanted, you know, that was literally, I looked up to like pimps and hustlers and gangsters. Wow. Um, one of my heroes was Pablo Escobar. Um, and so in my early teens, I started gangbanging. Um, and I was you know, selling weed, nothing crazy, but selling weed a little bit. And, um, for me, what happened was 
uh, my boy that used to cut my hair, shout out Lamar, shout out to my man Lamar. He used to cut my hair. His mom was like this really hardcore Christian, right? And she was a Bible study leader. And what happened was, is every time, because I would go to his house to cut my hair. And so every time I would go over there, she would, because she had me captive, like I couldn't move, right? So she would start like, get come, you know, go in on me like, Jay, you know, Jesus loves you, right? Like, Jay, God has a plan for you. And I would just be like, yeah, yeah, leave me alone. I'd be like, I would just tell her because I grew up in church. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. Leave me alone. Right. But she would just mm-hmm. constantly be on me. Right. And me and my crew, we were bad. Like for being as young as we were, we did a lot of things. And so uh, I'll never forget what happened was, is that, you know, she says that the Holy Spirit told her to do this. I don't know. But one day she got smart and she goes, hey, James, there's a lot of cute girls at my church. Right. And so I looked at him and he was like, yeah, there's a lot of cute girls at the church. Right. Like he didn't because, you know, he didn't want to say nothing good or bad with, you know, because it's his mom. Right. But he was like, yeah, there's a lot of cute girls at the church. So I was like, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Right. So I went to church to try to holler at chicks like legit. So hold on. What What is the appeal with that? Like, why do men get so excited about finding chicks at church? Meaning, is it like some, like, are they in your mind or in the male mind? Are they more naive? Like, what is it? It, Okay, so is it also the challenge of, oh, you a good girl, not after you meet me? Is it that? A little bit of, you know, yeah. And and the the whole, like, like, can I I do this? Can I get her to kind of, you know? So it is. It's the hunt. It's the chase. Yes, it's, the, it's absolutely the hunt. You can't have. Okay, yeah, I was just. It's curious. absolutely I'm glad. the hunt. I just need you to validate it. Okay, continue with your story. And, yeah. So anyway, so you know, so I went to church, like, and literally, and the whole experience that night was for me a little bit because I grew up in the Baptist church. If you don't know anything about the Baptist church, very strict, Same. very old school. You know what I mean? So I had never heard of like Christian hip hop or none of that stuff, right? And so I go into the youth sanctuary, right? And mm-hmm. I was tripping because I heard music coming like, boom, 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 catch, catch, catch. and I was like, what? Like, you know, because for all intents and purposes, I guess you could say I was religious, right? Like I was religious. Right. And Very so I was structured. like, yeah. And I was like, you can't do this at church. Right. And then I walk in and the youth pastor is on stage and the dude has a brand new Jordan jumpsuit on some new Jordans, a big, big fat, you know, gold chain, right. A knuckle ring. Right. And I'm like, Yo, what kind of, this is a cult. Like, what kind of church is this? Like, I was tripping and he was rapping. I'd never seen nothing like that. So I was like, yo, this is, like, these people, like, I honestly, I thought they were a cult, but I was like, yo, it's kind of cool, though, right? You're so, so funny. You're like, from the way I was raised, should I be offended? Because I'm oddly not, though. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, my religious side was like, yo, you can't do this in church. And sure enough, there was a lot of cute shorties at the church, right? So I sat next to this girl. Right. And I'm like, oh, it's going down like I'm loving this. Right. And the next thing I know, like, you know, I'm sitting and the and old girl starts praying. And I'm like, oh, like you like for real, for real. Like, you know what I mean? Like you for real. Like you was really praying. Turn like, on or turn off. It was, no, it was just weird to me. You know what I mean? Like you don't really hear a teenage girl praying. You know what I'm saying? Like. Do, do y'all do that? Like, I, you know, I don't know. It was weird for me because, you know, I wasn't praying unless I was trying to like, please don't let me get shot tonight. <laughs> so, um, so it just kind of, you know, but the whole, and then what really bugged me out is that when dude started talking, right, 
again, I grew up mm -hmm. in the Baptist church, so I was used to a particular kind of sermon. But when he started talking, he started talking about how he grew up in a home where his stepfather was abusive. His stepfather was wow. a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I'm going yeah. and I'm mad because I'm like, yo, my mom and her name was Mrs. L, Mrs. Lewis. I was like, yo, they sold me out because he's talking about me. Right. He's telling Isn't my story. Funny? Like I was literally sit, I was angry because I'm like, yo, he's telling my story. Really? Your your stepfather was abusive. Really? He was a, dr a drug addict and, a, and an alcoholic. OK, that's a that's a coincidence. Then he starts talking about how he joined the gang. OK, really? That's where we're going with this. And I'm I'm. I'm like really mad. He's talking about like all the girls he had and all this stuff. And then he hit something that really hit something in me. And he said, and I had all of these things. I was young and I had money, but I was miserable. I wanted mm -hmm. to commit suicide. And that's where mm -hmm. I was at. I hated myself. I hated my life. Mm -hmm. I was completely, you know, depressed. You know, I, I dealt with depression most of my life. And so that night, you know, he said something that I'd never heard a preacher say. Because I was used to preachers begging you to like, come to the altar. You need Jesus. Right. I was used to that. So I knew when the time when they start playing the piano, I'm like, OK, they're going to do that thing. Right. That they do. But he flipped the script and he did something I had never heard before. And he goes, look, here's the truth. He said, look, either you're here, you, you know why you're here. You may have come for a different reason or whatever. But right now there's something, you know, there's a tug going on. And he said, but here's the truth. I'm not going to beg anyone. Right. And he goes, look. Here's the bottom line. If you want to go to hell, go to hell. That's on you. I want to pray for mm -hmm. people who want to, you know, who want their life to mean something, who want to do something with their life. I was like, oh, no, he did a takeaway on you. He did a takeaway. Yeah. And so I was like, yo, I'm not trying to go to hell. Like, what's wrong? Yeah, I want my life to mean something. So I like went up there again with an attitude like, yo, you going to pray for me, homie, because my life is going to be about something. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So like with an attitude. Right. And so the crazy thing is, is that like there wasn't no fireworks or nothing. There wasn't no I didn't. But when I went home that night, something started to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing that I did say is when I said the prayer, I said, look, God, I don't even know if you're real. Right. But if you're real, you know, what I mean, like because at the time I, I was young, but I had a hit on my life. There was a hit on my life from another gang that I knew mm -hmm. about. And just even like I said, the suicidal tendencies, all of that stuff. I was like, yo, I'm miserable. If you're real, like if you're and plus I was super angry because I hated my stepfather. I had dreamt for years, like I had planned for years and years uh, on how I was going to murder him. Right. And so and I said, God, if you're real, all I want you to do is if you could take all this stuff that's on the inside, if you could take all this stuff away. I don't know what it means to serve you, but whatever that means, I'll do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and so what happened for me, which was a trip, is that God, like literally the only way I can explain it is that God started doing a work for me on from the inside out real subliminally like a ninja. So I'll give you an example real mm -hmm. quick um, is that I remember going to school the next day. Right. And uh, for me at the time, uh, you know, cursing was just a part of my vernacular, every other word, like mother, this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What a big deal. And so I remember the first time I heard one of my, you know, I'm standing out in front of the school before school started. One of my boys cussed to make a long story short, he cussed. And it was like, I heard it for the first time. I was like, yo, what'd you say? Like, I wasn't trying to be no, you know what I mean? I was just like, it just freaked me out. Like, oh, like I heard something for the first time. Right. And even like that morning when I woke up to go to school, you know, uh, <laughs> I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm not sure 
right? Because she had been praying for me for years, right? And I was right. like, but I, I think I gave my life to Jesus, right? Mm. And literally, she didn't believe me. Nobody believed, like she felt my head to see if I was sick. And she was like, yo, if you don't feel well, you don't got to go to school. I was like, no, nah, mom, for real. She's like, yeah, whatever. What's her name? <laughs> that's that's what everyone thought of me, right? So even when I went to school, I was like, yo, because my boy was telling everybody, yeah, Jay went to the altar to pray. And they were like, yo, you, you down? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. They were like, come on, man, for real. What's her name? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? Like, they thought it was a hustle. Nobody believed me for like two months. And as I was going through this transition of trying to figure stuff out, you know, I the, the thing that, that really, and, and I'll say this to make a long story short, was this, is that uh, I had a moment where I thought of my stepdad and, and, and I hadn't cried in years because I had shut that part off of my life. I just, emotions, mm -hmm. whatever. And I started weeping and I started praying for my stepdad. And I said, and I said, God, help him, forgive him. And I couldn't understand that because I hated him with every fiber in my being. And that's when I knew that God was real because I hated that man with every fiber in my being. And uh, before he passed away, just so you know, we were able to make amends. I, I, I even was able to pray with him. And uh, he tripped out when I told him, you know, I was like, yo, I forgive you. Right. And, and so that's when I knew God was real in my life was that that and, and, and he did exactly what did I ask for? I said, if you could. Because that. Yeah. And, and I literally that stuff that, you know, the unexplainable, all that stuff that, that was on just was gone. I can't explain, you know, I can't explain it to you other than it was gone. It was just gone. Wow. And from that day, I ain't been perfect. <laughs> God knows I ain't been perfect, but I've done my best to to walk in that direction, chasing after the exampleship of Christ. So that's what happened with me. Did that break your uh, spirit of depression? Did it break my what? Spirit of depression. Yeah. I mean, I still had a, a little bit like, you know, because there, you know, there's things that to which will be another conversation, but like, you know, stuff we gotta unpack in terms of trauma and stuff like that that we have to deal with throughout our lives. But the 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 biggest part of it, yes, because the most of it was was wrapped up in the anger that I had for him, right? I had to unpack other stuff later in my life through therapy and other stuff, but that that giant ball of just why I was always fighting, why I was so violent, was wow. that was that hatred that I had towards him. Once that was gone, then I could begin the process of healing other things in my life that I didn't realize were there because that one thing motivated me. Like anytime there was anyone in authority that told me something, to me, that was him. So I'm like, no, I'm defying you because you're never, especially as I got older and bigger, you know what I mean? You're not gonna abuse me. Cause think about it, from the time yeah. I was like five years old, I was being abused. So the only way for yeah. me to, you know, feel like was to fight back. So I was constantly fighting, especially with authority. That's so interesting because my perspective is complete or my um, experience is so different. Meaning this at an early age, yes, I started to follow the Lord and I immersed myself in the Bible, the word. But I became that person who strived so much for perfection that anything outside of it, I was so hard on myself and I didn't deal with any of my childhood stuff because right now I'm just going to forgive. The Bible says, forgive, I have to forgive. That's it. And I went on to be married at 18 years old. Why? Because I wanted to save myself. Like, that was very important. I want to honor God, right? So I went through all these things thinking that if I did my absolute best, my life would turn out perfect, right? Which was an unhappy marriage of 12 years. And I couldn't understand what I was, what's, what's going on, what's happening. And then divorce was super humbling. So it's amazing how God can work through even that, making you realize that's never what he called me to be was perfect, it's never, right. it was my own pressure on myself, right? So I'm now having to unpack all of those deep 
down things from childhood and why do I react this way? So I think it's interesting. Two different situations, but God definitely had his way. And two, I would say mine is like the crazy extreme, right? Like <laughs> I'm trying to be this way and I'm right. trying to just be so perfect and everybody else should be too, because this is where you should stay. This is my safe place, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say real quick and then, yeah, definitely want to hear about you, Melion. But no, that's where and that's what Good Friday is about. Good Friday is saying, let me take this weight off of your shoulder of you feeling that it's on you and your responsibility to be redeemed. I'm going to go ahead and take Mm -hmm. that for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to I'm going to basically, in essence, be convicted for your crimes and go to jail, you know, so to speak, to use that analogy so that you can be free. And that's mm-hmm. what the message of Good Friday is. And that's why it's sad sometimes when you see these other things like, wait, you missed it. That's not what it was about. It was about you being free. Yeah. Yep. You, you. What about you, Melian? No, thank you guys for sharing your stories. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, I was actually born a Buddhist. So uh, my grandma was a really high rank monk. You know, people would come over to our house. She had like a whole Buddha shrine. People would come wow. bring People would bring fruits and incense and everything just to kind of worship her and Buddha. She was like, I'm telling you, she was really like the whole gown. She every every day, four in the morning and then four p.m. in the evening, she would pray wow. to the Buddha monk, the Buddha statue. So all my life, I was I was Buddhist pretty much. And then like my first introduction, I guess, to Jesus was my half sister Jenny. Shout out to Jenny. She they were Catholic. So when my biological father would pick me up, maybe once or twice a year. He brought me to the house with my older sisters and she would read books to me about Jesus. So I was like eight years old. nine, And as a as a young kid, you know, I grew up pretty much in poverty on welfare. Um, You know, sometimes we hardly had any food in the house, Uh, you know, great, you know, just a tight, small neighborhood. I was like the only Asian on the block, primarily Hispanic, some blacks. And whenever I went to my sister's house, it was like 180, like cabinets full of snacks closets full of pretty clothes, PlayStations, Nintendo. So as a kid, I thought, oh, and they had like a Virgin Mary and Jesus statues around their house. So I, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, initially, I thought uh, if you know Jesus, you get candy and snacks mm-hmm. and you get toys, you know, because I go right. home and then it, we barely got any kind of food. And, you know, uh, so I kind of associated with that in the beginning. And then my sister would read more stories about Jesus and, and, and you know, uh, so at around 11 years old, I got baptized as a Catholic and I would go to Catholic, uh, Catholic churches um, in high school and stuff with my friends sometimes. But I felt it was I didn't feel a relationship with God. Like I felt like it was really religious, like, you know, and it's even mm-hmm. going into saying you're um, mm-hmm. confess, confessing, you know, your sins. Right. I still felt like I still felt, quote unquote, dirty or whatever. Afterwards, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. cool. I still felt like I was a sinful person, even after speaking to this person, uh, you know, on the other side. So then um, what really changed it, though, was when I was around 21, um, I was drugged. Right. I got drugged by a quote unquote friend one night we were hanging mm-hmm. out, uh, um, smoking out of a bong. There's a couple four of us. And uh, I told him I had a headache. I had drank two Red Bulls, which I hate Red Bulls now, but I had drank two Red Bulls and I had a headache. So he gave me a pill and he was like, here, here's this pill. I'm thinking it's like an Advil type of pill, whatever. He's like, he told me it's an herbal pill for my headache. So I took it, you know, I'm thinking he's my homeboy. He's not going to do anything to me. And about 15 minutes later, it felt like a hammer was hitting my head in the middle, like in the middle of my forehead. And I ran to the restroom and I'm trying to make myself throw up. And I see myself as like a four-year-old riding the tricycle and my mom and dad pushing me behind me. 
I thought I was about to die because they say your life flashes before your eyes. So I, I just saw like vivid, vivid pictures of me as a kid. So then I remember crying out to God, please, like, don't like, I don't want to die like this. I don't want to die like this. And um, I was pretty much blind in like both eyes for a couple hours. I couldn't see. And I'm so thankful he didn't rape me or do anything. But um, the next morning, obviously, I couldn't drive home. So I was laying on the couch. The next morning, his girl roommate walks out and she says, bye, you guys. Have a good day. And I couldn't even respond to her. I wanted to tell her, help me. But I'm like looking at her dazed. She's probably thinking I'm high off something. I don't know. So then she leaves. And uh, finally that night I drove home. I was able, I was about 10 minutes away in L.A. And um, after three days of not eating, my roommate takes me to the emergency room. He's like, no, you're, mm-hmm. you have So I go to the ER and they tell me I was bleeding in my head that I could have wow. died. If I didn't come in one more day. I could have died in my sleep. So a vessel had popped in my head. And I guess the, the drug that the guy had given me was laced with a whole bunch of stuff in it. Wow. I ended up finding out it was a, a ecstasy pill that he got at a sex convention in Vegas that he went to. So oh I thought on he confesses. But so I'm in ICU for five days, intensive care unit. And on the third day, I still remember it was really vivid. I used to be scared of the dark. So for all of my listeners who are even in their 20s, teenagers, and you're scared of the dark, I feel you because I was I was super scared. I had to have the door open. I had to have a nightlight or somebody like next to me. But I was scared of the dark. So I remember I was in the hospital in Burbank and it was pitch black. And the only light was like the little red light from the IV machine. And I felt a presence in there. And I was like, hello. And there was no one there, but I felt peace. I felt peace. And then I was like, okay, cool. So then I, I went to sleep. And I, I, I didn't know at that moment that it was Jesus. But I when I look back now, I'm like, oh, man, like there was somebody there letting me know he's there with me. It's okay. Yeah. So, but this is the moment, though. So I went home. They sent me home. I couldn't work. They said my I basically had to be a couch potato for six to nine months because it's like a head injury. Wow. Like a I broke my finger or I broke my wow. leg. This is your brain. So, so for wow. someone as active as me, even 10, you know, year, even years ago, I was super active. So for someone as active as me to be a couch potato, like it was hard. So um, just real quick. So about a week later, they send the bills home. It's 80 grand, 90 grand, about about 90 grand for five days. I didn't have insurance. Right. I didn't have any insurance. I was like crying out like, oh, my gosh, like like 90 grand. Like, I, I can't pay this. And then two weeks later, so th- that happened, the, the, the first, when I was in ICU was January 20, like January 22nd, uh, 2000, in 2012. And um, two weeks later, I, in the middle of the night, my head was burning super hot. And my mom's like, I don't care if you have insurance, we're going to go to the ER. She takes me to the ER and they told me I had an inflammation in my head. Um, and then two weeks later, I had an anxiety attack. So um, I didn't know what anxiety attack was. The hospital told me I had, had an anxiety attack. And then... Um, what's it called real quick, uh, three uh, bills start coming five grand, five grand. So total about a hundred grand and I'm tripping out. I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? So I talked, I, the lady in the front, like here, just go to the front and they'll be able to help you out. I walked to the front. They typed in my number. They're like, here, uh, you're good next. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm good. They're like, here, call this number tomorrow and, and talk to them and, and you should be good next. Cause it was like a long line. So the next day I had all my bills laid out and I still remember calling the lady and this is this like, you know, black lady from the South, from her accent. She was like, Hmm. Well, honey, it says you're over 21 and you don't have insurance. Your parents don't have insurance. 
um, can you hold on for one second, sweetie? And I, and then I was like, okay, sure. And she came back and she was like, hmm, I've worked here for 16 years and I've never seen anything like this. But it says here, all three hospital visits and anything prior to March 1st is covered. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, honey, we can't explain it. That's God. Take it and run. So I call and she goes, here, all those hospital bills should have 888 or 800 numbers in the corner. Go ahead and call them and give them this code. I called them. Not one bill was ever sent back to me. Uh, that's when I started opening up the book, reading the Bible. And the following year, I got baptized. And the rest is pretty much history. God's been moving. So I have to know this one. That's amazing. That is incredible. But how did your family accept you accepting Jesus? Right. Slowly, so. slowly, but surely um, they started, I guess, seeing, seeing my life. But uh, my, my brother started going to church. He actually started like my brother was in and out of jail. He, and then he started next thing, you know, raising his hands during worship. Next thing you know, he's wow. texting, me, when are you going to church? Can you pick me up? you know, like wanting to go to church. And then last year, wow. a couple years ago, my brother was actually locked up and he started a Bible study in, 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 in jail. So wow. all in a nutshell. So wow. God works in serious ways. Well, it, Powerful yes. stories. I'm so glad you both shared that. Right, no, good same with, God is same everybody with, listening, man. God is same, same with you, Sheree. And I think, again, you know, we, we, I didn't know we were going to go in that direction, but I mean, uh, the whole thing was to, to talk about Good Friday and the Easter weekend. And I guess, uh, you know, cause we're running down on time. I hate that this goes by so fast, uh, but I know um, this was good, you know, but just, you know, for anyone who, you know, might've gotten anything out of what either one of us said, I, if I could leave you guys with anything is this, is that look, I know that oftentimes life can just be unfair. Life can be absolutely painful and devastating uh, but I want to assure you that even though it feels like sometimes that God, number one, isn't real, he's not listening, you know, he doesn't care. It's the furthest from the truth. Unfortunately, we live in a world where evil does exist, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't. And, you know, I want you to know that he is head over heels in love with you. He's not concerned with the things that you've done or that you're doing. All he's concerned about is that he just wants to bring you home. Right. So to speak, he wants to bring you home and, and leave the 99 to get that one. Exactly. And he wants, you know, and in him, you can find peace and, and restoration and everything that you truly need in your life. Right. And so uh, something that we haven't done on the show and this, is how I'm going to close the show out. I want to say a prayer um, and, and just that, you know, anyone who might be going through things, you know, we talk about this, but depression is a real thing. Um, you know, uh, guilt, condemnation, shame, all of these things that, you know, we, we just keep living. We go on with life, but we have all of these traumas from our lifetime. I just want to pray for you, you know, on this Good Friday, because again, the, the gospel, really what that translated is it means good news, right? And so uh, I want to take this last couple of minutes real quick and just say a prayer uh, in, on this weekend and in and, 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 and and the symbolization of the resurrection of, of Christ dying and resurrecting Right. That you uh, that the death of your former life, the death of your life of pain, of destruction, the death of your life of frustration and and depression and all of these things that that would die, that that life would cease to exist and that you would resurrect a new life that is beyond anything you could possibly imagine. I can tell you this doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect, but you will have the ability to, to get through it uh, with with. And, and, and I and I'll say this confidently with an ease that won't make sense. The toughest yeah. things that should break you, you'll find something, you'll find some strength in there, something that you did not know was there. 
Uh, and, and that is the promise. I can't promise you that life will be perfect, but I can promise you that it, it will be amazing, right? And so let me just peace and joy, right? Absolutely. So I just want to pray real quick. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. This is not something that we plan to do. Uh, but the truth is, God, is that you are real. Uh, that is that is undoubtable. Thank, and, and I want to pray for anybody who's listening right now that may be dealing with depression, that may have gone through some devastating things in life. There's people out there that are mourning, people that are even questioning you, God, or even questioning whether or not you're real, your existence. What I humbly ask is the same thing that you've done for me and countless other people I know, the things that you've done for Cherie, that you've done for Melion. God, the things that you've done for so many, that you yourself, not us, not any church, not any ministry or pastor, but you yourself, the way you revealed yourself to us personally and intimately, God, you would do that for them. I come, you know, God, I thank you that you're bigger than depression. I thank you that you're bigger than the mistakes that we have made in our lives. I thank you that you're bigger than anything we can deal with. And I thank you that you died. And more importantly, you rose so that we can have victory in our lives not just in heaven, but right here, that we can have a piece of heaven here. So I, I pray for all of those people, Lord, and I thank you that you're perfect in everything that you do and you allow, and that even now you're moving in their lives. So we thank you for that. And God, if anyone's crying out to you, meet them now in that place. I thank you for that in the name of Yahweh, in the name of El Shaddai, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, hey, I appreciate anyone who stuck with us and listened, you know, so I just want to wish you a, a, an amazing good Friday. Know that, you know, undoubtedly Jesus loves you. God has a better plan for your life, you know, uh, whether you believe that or not. And so I pray that everyone has a, an amazing Easter weekend and that, you know, I, I want to speak this word. I, I love this word and I've said it several times and I'm going to say it again a hundred more times. I, I want to say that this year is going to be the year that your yoke is going to be easy and your burden is going to light, be light, meaning the things that were once difficult are going to become easy in life and all of the weights that were heavy and unbearable are going to become light. So go with victory on behalf of Sheree Marlene, Amen. on behalf of Melian. I uh, just want to remind you, reach for your best, reach for success, but most of all, reach for God because God is love and love is everything. We love y'all, man. Have a beautiful Easter weekend. Oh my KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Peter Schacknow, CNBC. The stock market took a day off for the Good Friday holiday, but the government statistics machine.